You are listening to The Fancy Black Lady. I'm your host, Jamila Carrington-Smith. And I'm your host, Landria Seals-Green. Today, we are discussing, we're opening the vault, right? About some things that we do not discuss in mixed company. (laughs) And we'll talk about why we don't discuss these things in public. I mean, it's uncomfortable, right? It's uncomfortable, but what's happening now is that we're in this cultural pandemic and that has resulted in a level, a heightened level of consumerism mm-hmm. of Black culture and Black thought and what people are thinking. And we're just telling everything. But there are certain things that we do not discuss openly because it is family business. It is family business. And you call it consumerism. I call it a crash course. People who are doing like, not even the accelerated version, but like, like the cliff notes, like I'm going to read the book, but let me just tell me now, right, right. Right, So they want 400 years in 15 minutes. Mm. Yes. And that doesn't work. It does not. It never works. I mean, it's a little complex, right? It's very complex. What do you say? There's 30 million people. There are 30 million ways. That's right. So. We talked about three things. Thing one. Okay. What's thing one? Clarence Thomas and Ben Carson. And all of their ilk. (laughs) (laughs) They're not the only ones. We are not. Right. Do we talk about them in amongst mixed company? Our opinions of them, whether we are for or against, do we discuss it among mixed company? See, that's the whole problem with, you know, making people representative of something, of some point of view. There will always be some outlier. And just because that outlier has that point of view doesn't make it, I don't even want to say acceptable. Like, what is the word? It don't make it right. (laughs) No, no. Uh, I mean, these, the Clarence Thomases, the Ben Carsons, they're that cousin. They're that cousin who nobody really talks about. (laughs) Right. They're the cousin. One talks about, you know, they're part of the family. You invite them to the barbecue over and over again, but you know they're not coming. They will never show up. They will never show up. But you still claim them. Of course. Because they are you. Well, they don't claim you, but. Right, right, right. (laughs) We claim them. (laughs) They don't claim us. They have other friends. And that's how that goes. But we don't discuss them. And you and your barbecue. I mean, you talk about who's invited to the barbecue. So this whole idea, right? Who's invited to the barbecue? Who shows up and eats the ribs? And who gets the invitation every time? It's just like, no, thank you. Right. Who comes? Like, it's the barbecue now. The barbecue food has changed. So it's like, who's getting the hot links? Who wants the turkey dogs, the veggie burgers? That's right. And just the salad. That's right. Yeah. But they're but still we, invited. But, and, but they're but, still uh, invited. And they show up. They show up and they eat the grilled tofu and all that stuff, but they show up. <laughs> Can you imagine having a barbecue with grilled tofu? Oh my gosh. Are you kidding? I absolutely grew up with people who were just like this whole Afrocentric community and people who were like vegetarian and they didn't eat chocolate. They ate carob and it was tofu on the grill. One hundred percent. doing that for years. Yeah. yeah. Not my side of the family. My side of the family has always had the hot links and the ribs. And just in the last couple of years, because the, as my grandmother calls it, 
these kids go to college and they come back and want to tell you how to do things differently. (laughs) (laughs) I remember I called her. I was like, you know, you need to stop smoking cigarettes. Oh, now that you have all this education, you want to come back and tell me to stop smoking. I was like, can you please? Love it. (laughs) Yep. That's my grandmother. And then at the age of 80, she stopped smoking. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's no small thing. That's no small thing. Yes. Okay. So we have Ben Carson and what's his name? Clarence Thomas, our cousins. We claim them. They do not always claim us. That's right. Thing two. (laughs) There's a lot of ways to say this, but you know, my personal favorite is also our cousins, Pookie and Nene, right? (laughs) We claim them. We may not always want to claim everything about them, mm-hmm. but we claim them still. They and I, always claim us. I think they claim us, but you know, let's be real. They are not always happy about everything that we do. So that's true. That's true. That's true. But, but they come to the barbecue. Absolutely. I mean, they might not have the tofu, but they're coming to the barbecue for sure. They come into the barbecue and we wait for them to come because they bring life to the barbecue. They do. They bring life to the barbecue every single time. Yes. So one of the things about Pookie and Nene that I love is that Cousin Clarence and Ben maybe don't understand that the skin we're walking around in is what makes us the same. Pookie and Nene understand that quite well, which is why I feel like I can relate to them a lot better than I can to uh, Clarence and Ben. Yeah. Somebody yesterday was telling me a story about a Nene-esque person was at a professional conference and the other people who were inside the family didn't really want to claim her because she had the look of Nene at the conference. You know what? I wish somebody would because now that is that inside stuff. That's some inside stuff. It's ugly, to be honest. Yes. However, as with a lot of inside stuff, I feel like nobody outside had better mess with Nene because Nene is mine. Nene is ours. And whatever that little inside stuff is, it needs to stay inside in the family. Right. But don't you think that, did you evolve to that place of claiming Nene or did you always claim Nene? Ooh, that's a good one. So I definitely did not always claim Nene. I went to college with a Nene. I went to college with a Nene who, you know, it was for her, she was first generation to go to college. She, you know, was certainly rough around the edges. She culturally, it was a real shock for her to be on campus. And I was at a place that had 7% black people on campus. And amongst those black people, some significant number, like close to half, were international students. So there were very few African-American students. Because, of course, you know, not all black people, the black experience is one of diaspora. And, you know, in some cases you have people who come to this country, they may share a skin color with us, but they, some of them buy into the negative stereotypes about African-Americans. And so we're walking around with the same skin color, but we are not walking around with any sense of kinship. Yes. So she came from, you know, all of these circumstances and, you know, here she was and she and I met and she's like, we became friends, but what she needed from me, I was not mature enough to give her at the time. When I look back at my life, I don't have a ton of regrets, but I do regret that one. But 
I just wasn't in a place where I had the level of understanding to, and I wasn't mature enough to give her what she needed. I wish I could have. I wish I could have been a better friend. And that haunts me a bit to this day. But that's also why today when I see Nene, I'm just like, okay, I've seen this before. I've lived it before and I won't make that mistake again. Yeah. Yeah. I think that we've come to this place where we evolved to the point that we can accept a Clarence, we can accept a Ben, we can accept a Nene or her counterpart. What's his name? Pookie. Mm -hmm. We can accept all of them because we understand the dimensions of us. There is nothing that any of those identities or categories take away from us as individuals. It's the gamut. And we also understand there's so many different sides to just us as yes. people. Yes. And there are times where you in your head want to raise up on somebody and just give them the business. Yep. And you applaud the fact that Nene just does it. <laughs> and you're like, go girl, because I was thinking the same thing. So I guess for me, when I was younger, I didn't embrace all those dimensions. And I was quick to judge Clarence, quick to judge Ben, mm -hmm. um, quick to judge Nene or Pookie. And then now I'm just like, they are who they are. And if they are happy and living their lives in a level of freedom, who says that they we have to agree or be the same person? Well, I think what I've evolved to is I am them and they are me, especially since, and let's get back to this moment because- one of the things that I have experienced over the last few weeks, and very sure you have experienced it too, is that at least some of the people in my professional world look at me and they think that I'm a Clarence or they think that I'm a Ben and they get really surprised because they really don't expect that I am speaking up for Pookie and Nene too. Yeah. And I think because it's not something that we talk about, because we're talking about two ends of a spectrum here. It's not something that we talk about. And I think people just kind of neatly assume that if you are a professional black person who presents in a certain kind of way, then surely you must be, you know, Clarence or Benjamin. But it comes as a rude surprise to them that I'm going to be more specific. When we're talking about police violence specifically, when you are explaining racism to people for whom the concept beyond just a dictionary definition, but like understanding that this happens to people in real life. And when we're talking to people for whom that is new, my experience has been that as they want to engage me in these conversations in their minds, they are still talking about somebody else, right? Yes. And so I tend to quickly bring it back to, no, we are also talking about the person who's right in front of you. And that's a huge surprise for a lot of people. Yeah. They think that we're the exception to the rule. They think that we're the exception to the rule, but also because they know us, it sort of lets them go to that place where they can attach some kind of morality to what's happening to, you yes. know, what's happening to yeah. people on the street. It's well, like they must have morality attached to it. There yeah. is no protection from it. It's so very true. Like there are many parts of you. So people who know you know that this is not a surprise that you have these opinions but you've not expressed, like me, those opinions professionally or in the workplace. And so while there are many people who may be surprised by 
me having these positions or this perspective, the people who have sat at my kitchen table, so to speak, are not surprised at all. That's right. So it has been a very interesting space for me. Do I want to say this much? Do I want to say this at all? But if I am who I say I am in terms of being a person that lives and dances in freedom, then this is who I am. I don't know how to be different now, there are certain parts of me that are kept for people in my inner circle, but they're not so outlandish or anything that you'd be like, whoa, I can't believe she did that. But no, just this week, I mean, just my family has this family text thing and they do it all the time. And so one of my older cousins will start with the morning greeting to everybody, especially when things were hot, reminding our younger cousins to stay stay, to stay safe and to stay in the home and shelter in place, like giving them that daily reminder. So my older cousin has taken that charge and I'll come behind her maybe and say a thing or two like, yeah, what she said, like, I'm that cousin, what she just said, just do what she said. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, you get a text, you know, so-and-so got shot this week. And it's like, everybody's like, he got shot? What happened? Like, what's going on? So now you get 30 texts in in an hour. Like, what's going on? What hospital is he in? You can't go to the hospital. Is he all right? And all of those different things. And no, these things didn't happen to other people. These things are happening to us. In the words of someone I work with who called me after a moment where I was particularly expressive about the issue in public at work. She called me and said, oh my gosh, I had no idea. I thought your life was just like mine. And what I said was, it is, and it isn't. Yes. Yes. That's that duality. Yeah. It's that duality that you have to, there's layers to this stuff. So That's just what it is. And we're accustomed to it. It's like, oh my gosh, you must be so heavy laden and so, so burdened. I have to tell you, there are moments that you feel it. And then there are moments that you're just like, this is life. And I can still joke. I can still have fun. I can still engage with people. But I don't know if I have felt the heaviness that people have envisioned that we probably feel. Like this because is not, life. You know, this is news to us. Right. Thank you. Thank you. We've been surviving this the whole time. Thank you. Thriving. Thriving in some areas and yeah. some spaces, even still. I just want to give us a round of applause because that's some magical stuff going oh, on. Oh my right goodness. There. It is heavy. Well that's the magic. Oh, well, the magic <laughs> is heavy. Shoot. Yes, I'm a unicorn. Yes. So Things we still don't talk about in public, things that we will not be discussing behind, you know, outside of closed doors, those people, because they are us and we are them and we will not out them, even though there are moments that we may wince and there are moments that we still don't out them. They are still family. They're still family. They're still family. I mean, and look, in some cases, they are literally family. We say family metaphorically, but like, you know. Yes, for real family. Exactly. Yes. Like at our barbecues, not the barbecues because they don't show up to the barbecues, but everybody's showing up for the funeral. Uh. (laughs) So you will see them at the funeral. You will see them. You will see them at the funeral. And that's why as sad as funerals are, 
they can be a sense of humor. They but can, we, of humor. can we also talk about how this moment has been a series of funerals and that's uh, what have been showing up in this moment? Ah, uh, yeah. Well, I'm not sure if Clarence and Ben showed up, but... No, they did. They did. <laughs> maybe they, they, maybe they wanted to, just deep inside, deep, mm-hmm. deep, deep, deep in their little hearts. Yeah. Pookie and Nene said, this is it. This is enough. <laughs> Pookie and Nene jumped on top of the casket like, Lord, <laughs> no. <laughs> Pookie and Nene got the bat and was like, this is it. I am mad. I am sick of this. <laughs> and I sat in the comfort of my own home was like, yes, that is mm. true. Let me give some money to the bailout fund. That's right. So, because... That's right. That's right. <laughs> Let me let me put my you know professional superpowers to work here. Hey, there you go, there you go. As what they need? This, this is a fight fraught on many fronts. Yeah. What what do they need? What do they need? Yep. Yes. Yes. The final thing that we will not talk about in public. Say it. Should I say it? Say it. Look at you smile. Because <laughs> you know. Because you know it's a thing for me. It is a thing for me. It is a thing for you, but it is one of my favorite. I know things. it's say one it, of your it. favorites. Watermelon. Ah, watermelon. Okay, so I will say this because <laughs> I feel the need to say it. I think you've heard me say this before. I yes. think it is un-American not to like watermelon. And who doesn't love watermelon on a hot day when you've been working outside in your garden because you're afraid to do anything else like go running these days? When you've been laboring in your garden, it's food, it's drink, it's cold and refreshing. It's like a popsicle, but it's food. Well, let me tell you, I am not eating watermelon in public. I'm just not doing it. And well, I, just, I just described eating watermelon. Okay, I'm sorry. Very I'm much sorry. at home. You see, at home. So I'll come to your house. I'll eat watermelon. I'll eat watermelon at my house. In fact, before I came to, uh, before I drove to your house, I found some leftover margarita mix in my refrigerator, mm-hmm. and we had a couple cubes of watermelon left. Mm-hmm. And I poured it into the bowl, and it's the so good. It was so good. I yes. was like, "Stop, so you can draw. Stop, so." Just leave it until you come back. Leave it until you come back. It was so tasty. So, yeah. But if we're at a public outing or a function, I just stay away from it because it is so personal to me that I will eat it at home. It's so funny because I just feel like I do love it and I will eat it in public. However, it has to be like with a fork. I will not pick up a slice of watermelon and eat it. You won't be caught in the photo with your two hands. One of my favorite photos of me as a baby, I am one year old and I, wait, was, is it a naked baby bottom or is it a diaper baby bottom? I don't know, but it's me leaning into a slight, you know, one of those giant smile, Uh giant smile slices of watermelon like they just took the watermelon and cut it you know in a giant yes. slice lengthwise and it's me and my baby self at one year old leaning over my face into the whole thing and i'm eating this i have this giant afro and i am just eating this watermelon i love watermelon i love the description of that picture i can visualize it and no one can see how your hands just kind of twirled in the air you said, <laughs> i love watermelon <laughs> I love watermelon, but can I say that that picture 
And the picture that you have in your house behind you of the woman with the oh, afro yeah. with the pink bubble gum coming out of her yeah. mouth, it's the same as the baby into the watermelon, the core or the rind of the watermelon this smiling the with the big afro. I mean, can you blow that picture up? I was just thinking, I need to blow that picture up. I love that photo. Yeah. I love it for a lot of reasons. But look, maybe it's my personal mission just to squash this stereotype and be like, okay, screw everybody. I love it. I'm at the grocery store. You know, this woman walks up to me and she's like, how do you know you picked a good one? I'm like, how does she know that I'm an expert? <sighs> sure, I'll tell you. How did you know? <laughs> I don't even know how to pick out a good watermelon. I need to figure it out. But if I could have a baby picture of me, I would probably have a baby picture of me with, I had no hair until I was one. So I was bald and then had my hands on my hip looking down upon like how dare you eat this piece of watermelon in public how dare you do it with this attitude. is great this is great with but you know, okay but even here on our third point i feel like it's the pendulum swing from yeah. me who's just like diving into it and you who's like um i judge this and i am one one year old yeah. yeah yeah and where did that come from really i don't know it's time to go back into those crates into the archives of that. You know, it's as deep as all this other mess. It's all deep. It's all deep. So while I enjoy it, I just don't enjoy it in public events. But you need a fork. <laughs> I need a fork in public. <laughs> so you're not keeping it real? Keep it all the way real. Pick up that watermelon, eat it with your fingers. No, are you kidding? No. <laughs> not in public. <laughs> And also, uh, you know, I had this hair situation. I can't get my hair all, you know, in the watermelon. (laughs) (laughs) Because the biotin has been working. Uh, This is terrible. The biotin. I think it has been working, but I don't know. It's weird. It's not. It's just getting thicker. It's not getting longer. Well, thick hair, you know, very, I love thick hair. I love my thick hair and it's just now coming back. It's just now coming back for me too. People it's say, just now coming back. Your little wives tale that, you know, you're having a girl because she steals your beauty. Yes. I don't know. I mean, there's such this race to have, you know, populate the earth and to birth these babies. But my gosh, your edges leave and Ooh. your hair gets thin ah. and your body you, does not feel the same. And you leakages or leak from pee. Pee leaks are real. So no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> well, it took me about two years to feel like I had recovered from like this alien invasion of my body. Yes. But, uh, yeah. So are you saying that you didn't get your body back so fast? Your body didn't come back so fast? I know. I just gave up. No, my body didn't come back so fast. But, you know, no. as with all things, it's complicated, right? It is complicated. There are many complicating factors in both births. So no, it didn't come right back. I don't know. I think maybe they build those chicks who's, you know, who bounce right back like that. That's just, yeah. Right. You embrace all the parts. Like we embrace all the people. Yeah, but when you're coming off of a pregnancy, embracing all the parts sometimes means like scooping them all up because they're all over the place and yes, embracing them. Yes, you know, it is. Trying to stuff them back in the bag. I had a doctor's appointment because I was thinking this is not how your body is supposed to be after you have a baby. And she was Mm -hmm. like, oh, yes, this is normal. And I'm like, oh, 
Well, at least nothing's wrong here. We can just keep it moving. Mm. Embrace all the parts like we embrace all the people. But I don't think I should have to be embracing like separate parts of my body. Like it used to be like <laughs> all, <laughs> it used to be kind of like all one they part. They used to be together. It, it used, used to, to be together. together. Right. Yes, yes. I will tell you that I looked down at myself and I saw something off to the side. I was oh, like, no. uh, maybe it should be off to the side. And I thought, <laughs> girl, you tired. Just go to sleep. And I just, just want to sleep. To sleep. <laughs> so... I'm sitting up, it's late at night, it's after midnight, and um, my younger son, well, let me just back up. I'm up, I'm watching TV. I have told my children before, when you go to bed, stay in bed. We have this open format house, like, do not come into the kitchen or into the living room and get a snack. Do not do any of that. And if you do, like, you know, come on out and do your thing, but do not sneak out here because you will frighten me. All right, fine. So on this day, I'm up, it's very late like after midnight, and I hear something. And this is not a normal house noise, like the refrigerator making, you know, noises that it only makes at night. It was not that. It wasn't the house settling or anything like that. I heard something. And what I heard was definitely a person. So I was headed toward the laundry room, which is where I heard the sound. And I thought, I definitely heard someone. And I feel like I'm going to find someone when I open this door. And so I turned on and the so light. And so you kept going. Well, I turned on the light. I don't know what I thought that was going to do. I turned on the light and my son is standing there. My younger son is standing there. Now, in this moment, like 10 things happened at once. So what happened was, I guess I flipped on the light, but when I saw him, I flipped it off again and I screamed. But the effect of that flickering light made it look just like that girl crawling out of the TV on the ring. (laughs) So I screamed and I was terrified. And then the next moment, I'm angry. I'm like, go to bed. <laughs> so then my husband comes running out of bed. You know, he's asleep. He comes running out of the bedroom. What happened? And so I said, he scared me. But as soon as I said the words, he scared me, it just, like the floodgates just opened. And I just sobbed and sobbed and sobbed. Did you really? My son is traumatized, right? He's like... <laughs> to talk myself down for the next like night because the next night I was like oh I'm too scared to stay up and watch TV I'm like no you will stay up and watch TV because that (laughs) that was just a scary thing it's okay you will not be scarred by this again oh yeah you wept I wept when is the last time something scared you so badly that it made you cry I don't know of a time that I was scared like I must have been a child I cried no I must have been a child. And so I called you and we had a little bit of discussion about (laughs) what that means and like what you're really crying about when that happened. And for me, it just, I don't know. I think it just uh, was an opportunity for me to just vent a lot of the fear and pain and frustration that I had been holding inside that have to do with, you know, events in the world and my, my fears as a black person. In fact, I say, I think, I know this. Yeah. And um, that incident, as much as it scared me, made me weep because it cracked the door and all these emotions were behind it and just blew the damn door off the hinges. (laughs) Well, good, good. Because you needed to get that out. You really did. No, I don't remember a time that I've been so afraid that I cried. Mm. And I am not a crier. 
Wait. So I just talk, no, I just talked about the fact that everything okay. makes me cry. Oh, no, no. Okay, so let me qualify this. Beautiful things make me cry. Sensitive things make me cry. I'll see a piece of art and it makes me cry. I'll hear a beautiful piece of music. and I read a Father's Day card and I'm like, it's all so wonderful. And wow, that is so amazing. But I don't cry because like I've, my feelings are hurt. It's not like that. It's just like I'm just so affected by expressions of beauty. I'm affected by expressions of beauty. But these were just... And the know. rest of us, the rest of us are not affect we're just stoic human beings and i just i I just can't you know the rest of us mere mortals are not as in touch with our emotions it's not that it's not that it's i what is it we talked about the forge in the fire moment and so for me like coming out of that i saw i went through a period for like maybe five years long period where every single person everywhere on the street, every adult, I'm like, that is somebody's child. And someone loves that person as much as I love my own child. And so anytime I would see someone do something that was tender toward another person, like it would make me cry. I just felt like very attuned to somebody, everybody being somebody. The connections child. of people, like the, yes, how things are connected. Absolutely. That deeply affected me. And so anytime I see something of beauty, it reminds me of those connections and it just kind of hits a chord for me. Wow, I'm just made in a different way. I just think that's beautiful and that's pretty. And then well, I just move what the tears and the crying. Oh my God, I watch TV commercials and I feel like I've been mugged because it's like I didn't see that coming. Oh yeah, no, no. I had a college roommate who cried on commercials and movies and I would just sit next to her like, I don't even know what that feels like to be so sensitive like acutely aware and i kept thinking am i missing something every and i'm pixar not that way movie. every pixar movie i cry and i'm the only one and i'm always like looking up trying to hold it back and yeah i remember you saying that to me and i thought because you said oh i went to see to the movies with my family we went to um, a pixar movie and i cried and i was That's trying right. to figure out what movie that was i was like what movie <laughs> it's all of them is, what movie is that maybe I shouldn't go to that movie. No, but (laughs) no, but I just, you've already seen. It's a movie I've already seen. And while I may say, Oh, that's so touching. And then I just kind of move on. And then there are moments where I feel like my well internally has come to the top and I just need a moment and I just give myself a moment and then I just move on. It's very interesting how we are different in that way. Well, I was made different, but I wasn't born that way. Ah, well, I was made that way. Thanks for listening and look out soon for season one. To contact us, to give us comments or show topic suggestions, email us at fancyblacklady at gmail.com or find us on our social media handles, Fancy Black Lady.